This is the Kindness and Happiness Connection with Dr. Elia Gorgoris, the Happiness Doctor, and Randy McNeely, the Kindness Giver. Join us weekly with our invited guests as we share actionable kindness and happiness tips, insights, and inspiration to promote personal and professional well-being. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in the world. Welcome to another episode of the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast. And I'm Randy McNeely, the Kindness Giver. I am here with my amazing co-host, Dr. Elia Gorgoris, the Happiness Doctor, who is very happy right now. Where are you coming to us from, Elia? I'm coming from sunny Greece. And, and what's it like there right now? There's some good things and some not so great things. What's going on? It's hot, and uh, unfortunately, there are uh, over 60 fires raging across the country, so it's very sad. I mean, that part is not, uh, even the happiness doctor can't be happy about that. It's devastating. We had one near our home about 15 miles away yesterday, and the winds are blowing. So we almost evacuated yesterday. Now things are going in the different direction, but that means somebody else's uh, home is in danger. So it's, it's sad all the way around. Well, sorry that you're having to deal with that. We're glad that you're in a position where you can still join us today and we get to see your smiling face and hear your wonderful voice and, and cheer us up. And we are privileged to have the pitch, I said pitch, notice that word pitch, pitch slap king, the podcast master, Phil Palucha on with us today. And I'm going to tell you just a little bit about who Phil is. Phil Pellucci is the chief influence architect at Billionaires and Boxers. He also happens to be the founder. Now, what is Billionaires and Boxers? He builds global empires from home, and he rarely puts his pants on. That's why it's Billionaires and Boxers. He, he's ranked as the number one podcast publicist for businesses. He's a TV host and a producer. He also is listed as a top 100 podcaster. His audience reaches over half a million listeners and over 1 million viewers. Phil has been married to Safia Palucha since October 26, 2012, and they are the father, the parents, I should say, they are the parents of two children. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just an honor and a privilege to have you on with us. Thank you for having me here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a long time in the making us doing this podcast, and um, I'm glad that we're, uh, we're all here together. Um, Sounds like there's a lot going on in everybody's lives, actually. We've been discussing this off air, but I think it's it's beautiful that the three of us have got together and uh, can hopefully have a great conversation and, and add some real goal for people. All right. I love the fact that all three of us. I love the fact that all three of us are in three different countries and yet we get together. That's the beauty of uh, of it's this, great, isn't it? I love it. So, that's given that this is the kindness and happiness connection podcast, the first question, of course, is how does happiness and kindness play out in your own life, both? professionally, but also personally too, in your family? Yeah, it's a great question. I've ran a lot of businesses, uh, some successful, some not. Um, but the reason that this particular business, Billionaires in Boxes, has been not only our, our most successful and and my favorite is because it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of kindness involved. It's fun. Uh, we get to work with great people. And you know, I've, I think we've all worked with people that we really wish we hadn't bothered. Um, you know, people that have left a bit of a sour taste in our mouths. And when I've looked back on it, there was always that thing of, 
deep down you knew like it was the logical side of your brain would convince you to do a deal because it's like hey it's 20 grand let's just make some money and let's move on uh, but there was always something inside you like, this, yeah, I don't really resonate with that person. I, I I use the phrase, your vibe attracts your tribe. And and for me, now I only want to work with people that I resonate with. So if I don't resonate with you, I'm not going to work with you. Um, and that's not a, a disrespectful thing. That's just that I value my time and I respect yours. And if we're not on the same page together, let's not force it. We really shouldn't be working together if that's the case. But um, that's led to an environment where, you know, we like to uh, very much under promise and over deliver um it's led to an environment where we always want to go that extra mile and help introduce people because we genuinely care about the people that we work with so there's a lot of kindness that comes from us and to us in return big believer in you give before you get but i think fun i mean like randy will testify to this i think i use the word love in business far more than most other people you know like i love the people we work with i love the work that we do it's provided a phenomenal lifestyle for me and for many other people and i get to spend a lot of time with my family you know we uh, my children are, are both uh, home homeschooled so that we spend a lot of time together uh, i work a set amount of hours four days a week and take every wednesday and every weekend off and i spend that with my that with my family and you know, I'm truly blessed to to be in that position, and and having having once ran a business that made me so sick, I I ruptured my appendix, and then left the hospital six hours after surgery to go to a business meeting because I was worried about paying the bills. It feels like a real contrast, night and day. Wow, you, you dropped like uh, three pearls of wisdom. The, the <laughs> first one has to do with your vibe attracts your tribe. That's number one. Um, mm. You also talked about the extra mile and lane, and we'd like to say that the extra mile lane is never crowded. It's certainly not. It's never certainly crowded. not. I mean, there's so, lots of people want. There's lots of people wanting to do the bare minimum for the maximum buck, but there's very few people that are wanting to go that extra mile and say, actually, I want to make sure. Like somebody said this to me about four, three or four years ago, and it was my favorite thing that anyone's ever said to me. We got a lot of recommendations, a lot of referrals, but this genuinely is the favorite comment I've ever heard. He said, "You are my favorite invoice to pay." And I, I thought that. that says so much. And I was like, I always want to be your favorite invoice to pay. Isn't that amazing? It, that goes right along with something that we learned in the Strategic Alliance Live Summit that we attended together is people don't pay for what you do. They pay mm -hmm. for the results. They pay for how they Correct. feel as a result of what you do. Mm hmm. And that's, that's exactly why, that. because they, 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 they like working with you, Phil. They like the results of what you do with them and so they're happy to pay that invoice you're right and i think it's the i like to wrap it up with the feelings so exactly. um i i use the analogy a lot of like a relationship like if i was to take your spouse or your loved one and i was to write down a list of all the things that they do for you some that are pg-13 some that aren't right and they write down this whole list of things that they do for you in this relationship uh, and i i get somebody else to do the exact same things for you are you going to love that person? No, because the, there's a connection, there's a feeling, there's something so much deeper than the actual physical actions and the results. So the results are incredibly important, yes, because that leads to the happiness and being successful. And it leads to, you know, in business, it leads to having the right kind of cash flow, working with the right kind of customers. 
but there has to be that feeling there between you because if the if the if the feeling isn't there and i'm i i, I like to be really honest with people i'm um i wear my heart on my sleeve like if i don't feel this way about you like you really shouldn't pay me to work with you because i'm not going to want to go above and beyond for you because i don't like you right whereas if i like you i'll i'll do anything i can to help you get to that next level uh, and that, that that goes right along with the, the in business we always hear when people know you like you and trust you they want to work with you correct well the opposite is true when people know you and they don't like you and they don't trust you they don't want to work <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i, I want to point something else out to our audience that phil said that most people probably didn't catch he said that he works four days a week he takes wednesdays off and the weekends what i love about that particular story is that you take wednesdays off specifically Mm -hmm. Recent studies have shown that a four-day week is actually the most productive week somebody can have. Mm -hmm. And companies have played around with what is that day that people take off. In, initially, they tried Fridays off to have a three-day weekend. Well, that didn't work because people are burned out. They tried Mondays off, but then uh, people came back a little tipsy after a long, wild weekend. <laughs> and what they've discovered productivity-wise is your employees they come to work Monday and Tuesday. They hit it hard. They work their butts off. They take Wednesday off, which is kind of a self-care or family day. Correct. And then they come back refreshed and renewed to finish strong Thursday and Friday. And then they have the weekend. So what you just described is the perfect recipe for the most productive, engaged workforce. So thank you for validating that study. Well, what, what I think is really interesting is I didn't know that study. And um, the reason I did it was because... I always knew that the most productive days of the week for me were Thursday and Friday because I would give everything I've got because I know I have a rest coming up. Um, so by working Monday, Tuesday, and then having a rest, and then Thursday, Friday, and then having a rest, I'm always that Thursday, Friday feeling. I'm always in that I can give as much as I can because I've got some recovery time coming up. Whereas we all know when you work a five-day week, Monday, Tuesday, you're pacing yourself. Wednesday is a bit of a hump. And then you rush, rush, rush to get everything done Thursday, Friday. So you also mentioned about it's reflection time. It's, it's, I love you for saying that because Wednesdays, yes, I do spend time with my family. Of course I do. But Wednesdays for me are my meditation and reflection time. It's the day that I spend quite a few hours meditating. I go for walks in nature. I, I just, it's my relaxed, calm, usually very little digital interaction day because it's, it's the day that I just get to switch off and recharge the weekends can quite often be just as busy as the week having fun with the children watching sports you know meeting up with friends meeting up with family but wednesday is that one day that i take for myself that's just i need my core reflection time well you know what's so fascinating field too is that if you look at studies for for employees employees that work straight that don't take wednesdays off by the time you get halfway through thursday they've hit the wall so meaning mm. the second half of Thursday is not very productive and Friday is a completely wasted day. So mm. the fact that you break the week in half and you have Monday, Tuesday, reflection, family, self-care day on Wednesday, and they come back strong Thursday and Friday is the ideal combination. And uh, I'm just delighted that you either stumbled upon this. Without, I, I guess you didn't know about the studies. But I didn't know. I stumbled upon it. You're doing it right. It. That's all I can tell you. You're doing it right, man. So Well, well that's good. You. Thank you. I like, I like the validation. But yeah, it certainly worked well for me. Um, people would think, oh, you know, you're taking an extra day off a week. Surely that impacts the business negatively. No, the opposite. We've been far more successful and productive as a result. And it's also allowed me to focus on what I call core fill time. Yeah, especially, I mean, Randy, you know, I, I fell sick with COVID last year and, and I had a, a real sort of difficult period where I had like six, seven months of pneumonia. 
wow. and ha- having never been sick before, it was uh, I mean, it was I a real challenge. Well, you had never shared that. With did me. you not know that? I did not know that. So beginning of last, so beginning of last year, I caught COVID. So about February, March time, um, thought I was okay with it um, because it, it didn't really hit me all that hard. And then I started to develop chronic fatigue syndrome, and I was feeling like this really horrible, tight feeling around my chest that lasted for a long time. And um, I was in hospital twice with a suspected heart attack. And what had actually happened was um, the lining around my heart and the muscles in between my ribs had become inflamed and gone into spasm, which was simulating a heart attack. Um, thanks to my body playing tricks on me. And then oh, when wow. they were doing scans to find out what had happened, they found that I had uh, quite bad pneumonia. And it took me a good seven months to, to really kind of recover. So what had happened as a result was I couldn't work the eight to 10 hours a day that I was working previously. Like I was lucky if I had two hours worth of energy. So if you want some golden nugget, here's an exercise that I think everybody should do in their life. There's two things that I did and they've made a phenomenal impact on my life. Uh, one is personal and one is business. The business one was I went to all of my customers and I said to them, look, I've only got two hours a day now to work. So realistically, my working week is now the equivalent of one of my working days. What is it that I can do for you that you find the most valuable out of what I do? And what was phenomenal was the, and I didn't pre-frame that. That's an important thing. I didn't go to them and say, is it this or is it this? I left it deliberately open. And the answer that every single one of them gave me, bar none, was we love the strategy piece. We can come to you with an idea, a problem. You can nurture it, throw us back some gold, make some introductions. And we can come to you with this seed of an idea or even a problem that we can't overcome. And by the end of that conversation with you, we know exactly where we're going and we know what the roadmap looks like. And when I looked at it, that was about 20% of my time. So about 80% of my time was being spent on things that they take it or leave it. So I had a, a big exercise that I did. I called it delegate or drop. And I either dropped the service completely or I delegated things to my team so that I could focus on that core fill time, that core fill activity. And business has never been better. Customers have never been happier and I've never had more free time. It's great. The second thing that I did from a personal perspective, and I'll let you know the outcome of this, was I went to my my spouse. I went to my in-laws. I went to my really close friends because I have a lot of acquaintances, but I probably have about five or six really, really close friends that know everything about me. And I said to them, what do you see in me that makes me happy? What do you see that makes me stressed? Mm -hmm. What do you see that gets me down? And I just listened to the answers. And one of the fascinating outcomes of that discussion was a lot of the things that I thought I was really good at hiding from people. It turns out I'm really not good at hiding it (laughs) because they all were like, oh, thought you were good at it. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, oh, it's this and this. And I'm like, I thought I did a really good job going on there. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I thought I hit that really well for people like, no, no you suck. Like we all know that that's what's happening in your life. When, when you're like this, we know this is happening. So the, what actually happened as a result of that was not just some more awareness about myself and my relationship with people around me. It was the fact that I started to plan my day, plan my calendar completely differently. So what a lot of people do is they have their work in their calendar and then in their free time, they'll plan things like date night, movie night, sports events, all this kind of stuff. Right. And they fit it around work. So I did the opposite. 
I started putting into my calendar breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my family every single day, every single sports game that I wanted to watch, date night, movie night, rest days, meditation time, even exercise time. That all goes into my calendar before anybody else is allowed to book an appointment with me. Work prioritizing, you're prioritizing the things that matter most. 100%. And, and, and I didn't do that for a very long time. And now, now I do work fits around all of that. And I've yet to run into a problem with it. I mean, I found a lot of benefits from it. I've yet to find a problem that comes from that. You know, what's really funny about that, that when the world cup comes around or the Euro, like the Euro that just ended uh, last yep. month, I book all those games as if they're clients. And then I work around all the games. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's, <laughs> and isn't that great? That like, 40 years like i've been doing oh this i love that. that that's see uh, see i'm new to that you've got a lot more experience than me i've probably no, no, been doing I, that for I've about the past that. 18 months now even when i was in private practice as a clinical psychologist full practice fully booked during that three weeks or one month or whatever that global event would happen all of a sudden i would be like sorry even if i had people on the waiting list i'm sorry i'm booked <laughs> see i do it for um all the liverpool games I do it for all the big games of the season that Liverpool aren't involved in that I want to watch. I, I do it for all the cup games. So quarterfinals, semifinals and finals of the Champions League, of the FA Cup. Because yes, even if Liverpool yes, aren't in it, that. I'm going to watch those anyway. Um, I even, I mean, having come from the world of football and, and the world of sport, you know, I even enjoy watching things like the championship playoffs and the, and the football league playoffs. So I will put the playoff semifinals and the finals before obviously months and months before we know who's going to be in it i've got those dates in my calendar that's so funny i didn't know anybody else did that besides me that we have <laughs> when it comes to that. i've never heard that before actually even on live tv or otherwise i mean that's so funny so here's a little tidbit you need to know about phil phil was on the verge of becoming a professional soccer player tell us a little bit about that story phil we're gonna we're just the, forget the questions that we had we're get, we're get, we're talking <laughs> this is a great conversation so tell us a little bit about that yeah, so I got signed to a professional academy here in the UK when I was five. Um, I played right until I was 16, and they gave a professional contract to uh, the top four players uh, in my group, and I was player number five. <laughs> so I didn't, uh, I just made miss the cut, but I moved out to Hungary and I was playing professionally out there. So I spent some time working uh, as a player and as a coach. Um, with quite a few clubs out there. So I was involved in some Champions League clubs. In fact, I actually played against my team, Liverpool, uh, in the Champions League. I didn't get off the bench. And every time I was, funny story, every time I was warming up on the touchline, I would put on my scousest accent possible in the hope that Rafa Benitez would hear me and be like, oh, we should take him home. Uh, It didn't happen. Um, But I ended up getting medically retired in my early 20s. I, I essentially kept I overdid it when I was younger and I kept damaging my shin bone and I would kind of spend like five or six months healing a fractured shin bone and then I'd do it again and eventually you know, got medically retired. And That yeah. is such a great story. And, uh, you know, I'm a Man U fan since I was a little kid long before Alex Ferguson. So I, I'm, I'm a real fan. I didn't You're a real red. Yeah. But Liverpool and Man U are the greatest, you know, teams I feel like uh, in the world anyway. Oh, me too. I want to share something with you. Randy starts talking to me about you after you guys first met. And he's mm-hmm. like, we really need to have this guy Phil on our podcast. And uh, you got to hear his pitch slap. Now, I don't hear so good. So you know what I heard? I heard something <laughs> yeah. different. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What kind of a guest is that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so now I really want to know what is that? Because I sure. you know, please share. 
So the pitch slap was something that I did. So I've been podcasting for 13 years now. I grew and sold two sports podcasting networks and then grew and exited two professional services businesses using podcasting, mainly because when I left the corporate world, I didn't have a clue how to win any clients. Uh, I was trying to cold call, email market, wasting money on Facebook. I couldn't, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just burning money fast. And one of the things that I remembered from podcasting was it was like a VIP backstage pass to any industry because the people who won't give you 10 minutes on the phone to explain what you do will give you 45, 60 minutes on a podcast to build a relationship. So I started to invite people that I wanted to work with, elevate customers because it was like it would help them. Yes, of course. But them talking about how great I am is always 100 times more powerful than me saying, hey, I'm really good at what I do. Um, and the pitch slap was something that was designed. I, I say they'll they'll feel it when they hear it. Um, uh-huh. And it comes at the very beginning of a podcast usually. So, you know, you join a podcast, somebody does an introduction for you and then says, so tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, that's a big open goal that most people miss because what they do is they start saying, well, here's my story and blah, blah, blah. And by this point, the audience haven't even decided whether they care. Like if the majority of people that are going to drop off, drop off during the first five minutes of a podcast, right? So if you know that, you have to give them a reason to stick around. So my pitch slap, essentially, here's a great way of looking at it. When you're watching a television show and it's loading up and it shows you that 30 second clip of what's coming in the show, that's the best bit of the show that makes you go, ooh, I'm sticking around really to watch, watch that. This. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's your version of a pitch slap. So Randy brings me on the show. Phil, here's your introduction. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Great. I'd love to. Um, so for me, my pitch slap is all about over the next 30 minutes or so, I'm going to hopefully show your audience how to grow their business by seven and eight additional figures from podcasts, even if they've got zero listeners. Now that catches my attention. Exactly. Because now everyone's like, well, wait, how do you make money off a podcast if it's got zero listeners? So now I can go into my story and where it came from. And there's a whole blueprint and a model there as to how you get that flow to call uh, that that call to flow, uh, what happens before the podcast, what happens after the podcast. Now, thankfully, over the last 13 years, I've crafted that model and got it right now. It's making millions of dollars, not just for our business, but for our clients' businesses. We're teaching this to hundreds of people every single year. But it all begins with that pitch slap because if you don't, it's the pattern interrupter. If you don't capture their attention at the beginning of the podcast and give them a reason to listen, why are they going to stick around? Right. Wow. And is that true? Like what you just said, like seven to eight, is that true? Seven to eight figures from a podcast, even if it's got zero listeners. And I'll let you in on the secret behind that. It's seven to eight figures in strategic alliances, what I call non-competitive partners, NCPs. So a non-competitive partner is who works with the same dream target audience that you do that doesn't deliver the same service or product. Because I truly believe that business is a team sport. So if you're bringing somebody onto a podcast or you're going on their podcast, you want them to be one of the three Ps, a purchaser, a partner, or a promoter. And if they're not one of those three things, you have to question, like, why am I having this why conversation with this right. person? So the reason that you can make seven and eight figures from a podcast, even if it's got zero listeners, is if you're creating strategic alliances with people who you're referring to their business, they're referring to yours, they're elevating you and helping you get keynote speaking gigs because you know anyone who's ever had a keynote speaking gig will know the very next question you're asked as soon as you're booked is, who else do you know that I should speak to? Because I'm looking exactly. for other speakers. So if you're, for want of a better expression, hunting in packs, if you're working as a team and they could say, well, I'm going to introduce my good friend, Randy, because this is what he does. And actually, you know, I've got Phil over here that can do this. So let me introduce them. 
two things happen. Number one, you're strengthening those relationships. You're getting self and stage opportunities. You're all making money together. Number two, your customers, who bear in mind that you all have the same kind of customers, your customers are turning up to industry events and they're seeing the same people over and over again, which does wonders for your credibility and makes them go, well, they must be the best because every event I go to, they're the keynote speaker. So they must be top of the industry, which again, puts you in a league of your own when it comes to winning business and having high ticket prices and, and what it is that you can deliver. Um, so that's why you can make seven to eight additional figures from a podcast, even if nobody's listening. Because if you're building that relationship, if that person's becoming a customer, if that person's becoming a strategic alliance, an NCP, or they're introducing you to organizations, summits, and events for which you can meet those people, it really doesn't matter if nobody else listens to the show. Okay. And, and just real quickly, mention the three. One is the promoter. Yes, yeah, so a purchaser, partner, or promoter. So they're either becoming a customer, they're becoming a, a non-competitive partner, or they're giving you a stage where you can meet purchasers or promoters. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the trifecta. Boy, you, you win either way. Absolutely. Brilliant, as the British say. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So let me ask you this. I mean, you just really, you really nailed this. You know, you hit something that partnerships strategic alliance mm -hmm. are are key to having success correct and that's part of what you do at billionaires and boxers right yep very Help much so to, to create strategic alliances and create those so, so expound on that a little bit sure so we i mean i'll give you i'll give you a, a world-class example we may uh, even though i was sick last year we still did over two million dollars worth in revenue and we didn't spend a single cent in paid advertising it's all done through strategic alliances and repeat business because our non -comp i mean i have one non-competitive partner who just off the top of my head who if we make out less than a million dollars with this guy every single year i'll eat my hat i give him 10 percent of the fee he's got massive mailing lists he makes introductions for us we do a good job for his customers he gets repeat business we get repeat business we keep helping each other's businesses grow. It just makes total sense. It's that whole upstream downstream who works with your customers before they're ready for you and who works with them after they're ready for you. Uh, you know, when no, no business is working in isolation. So if you, if you have a client, who else are they working with? Do they have investors? Do they have outsourced marketing, PR, software systems, recruitment, lawyers, accountants, you know, who else do they work with as a business? that actually, if you were to partner with and elevate each other, you know, you can start to provide a much better service for your customers by being the connector. Like you want to be great at your part. So again, using the sports analogy, if you're a great striker, then be a great striker, stay in the box and score goals. I don't want you in midfield or defense figuring that bit out. Go and partner with someone who's great in defense. Go and partner with somebody like a marketing company who are great at creating the, the awareness and putting the balls in the box, but they're not very good at finishing them off. If you're the striker, be the striker. But well, likewise, if you're not, if you're the person that's like, you know what? I'm really good at creating attention and awareness for people. But then when I get on stage, I get all sweaty palmed and I don't like that bit then fine, partner with someone that's a really good goal scorer. You could be the person who runs the event and partners with them and puts them there because either way, you're both going to win. Like the biggest mistake that people make as entrepreneurs, and I'm telling you this because I made this mistake myself for many years, is that you try and wear every single hat in your business. Right? Man, I, you can't I, do I, it. And, I, and I'm there. I, I have got to, man, we, we <laughs> that's, that's where I, I, I have to change because I'm, I'm trying to wear all the hats and it doesn't you work. It can't be done, my friend. I mean, you just burn out because 
there's no way that you're just as good at being a goal scorer as you are at being a goalkeeper, as you are right. at being a defender, as you are as being, it's not possible. Like the best players in the world. If I put Cristiano Ronaldo in goal, he's going to stink because that's not his position, right? If I put Lionel Messi in defense, he's going to get battered. I mean, you can come back to the midfield and maybe even defense for a corner kick against you. But for the most part, you're going to be a forward Correct. and you're going to score goals. I mean, that's the bottom Co- line. That's Correct. I mean, I, I like to use the analogy of nobody wants to be the MVP of the losing team and nobody has ever won a trophy on their own. You have to be surrounded by people who are equally as good at their part as you are on the field. I mean, I hate to say it because obviously I'm a Liverpool fan, but that's one of the things that Alex Ferguson was great at was he never used to have like one standout player. He would have an entire solid team that were all dependent on each other and would all elevate each other. So he could take a, a five or six out of 10 player and make them look more like an eight or a nine because the team was so solid and it was so well set up together. Right. And like take we use Messi as an example. Messi at Barcelona has that well. I mean, he's just left, hasn't he? But Messi at Barcelona did that well. Messi for Argentina, because he wasn't surrounded by similar level players, never had that, which is why they've never had the success. Until this year, where they finally won the uh Copa They finally America. won the Copa, exactly. Right, right. But, but again, but look at the entire career. But look at the players that came through. Now they have decent level players. They have additional players now that are supporting him because when it was just him, he couldn't do it. So yeah, one man can't carry the entire team. And, and, as good as and that's what was, people are trying to do right. in business. Right. That's what people are trying to do. They're trying to go, well, you know, I'm just going to focus on this. And, and I think the reason is, you know, many people have this uh, industrial revolution sort of mindset. You know, we've all started in the corporate world before we went and became entrepreneurs. And in the corporate world, it's that whole, you know, it's just us. Don't tell your competitors. Don't collaborate. Don't share. You know, and as somebody who's worked at a senior consulting level with all these businesses, you know, shock horror, I'm going to burst your bubble a little bit. Everybody's got the same secrets. Like the stuff that you're trying to hide from the other people, they already know because they've got their own version of it and they're trying to hide it from you. So what I've learned about being an entrepreneur, being a, a if you want more of like an entrepreneurial revolution instead of an industrial revolution kind of mindset is I don't want to learn all of these bits. I don't want to wear all of these hats. I don't want to be lonely. I want to work with people who are just as good at their part as I am at mine. And we can all elevate each other and take our businesses to the next level. Because that way I can focus on the bit that I'm best at and not have to sit and watch a four hour video on how to make a WordPress site that my friend Tom down the road is incredible at WordPress sites. He's going to do it 10 times better and in half the time but he's not very good at getting interviews lined up. So guess what I'm going to do for him by way of a trade? By and yeah, If we refer business to each other, he's going to give me 10%. I'm going to give him 10%. Everybody's winning. It, it, it's The formula is so simple with partnerships. It's so criminal that people don't have them as such an important role in their business. Well, it, it absolutely empowers people to scale up too. I mean, Correct. Take, take things to the next level. My goodness, Phil, this has been such a fantastic conversation. And we could talk, we could keep going for another two or three hours easily. <laughs> but we're going to, we need to, we're getting to a point where we need to wrap up. But I see, uh, it, I, I see a, a part two coming in the future. I can, now, I can see it now. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> prediction going here. Phil is going to be another a guest again. <laughs> well, I'd love to. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Go ahead. And Evie has got just a couple of quick so, questions. Yeah, our last question is you know, you're, three pearls of wisdom that the three bombs you want to drop on our audience. I mean, you shared a lot. Uh, are there something else you maybe you haven't shared just yet that you say, you know, these are the, you want to be successful in life, both professionally, but I also, you know, I'm, you know, personally too, cause I'm the happiness doctor. So you can't have 
you can have all the professional success in the world, but if you fail in the home, forget it. So no, you're so right. Equally as important. So what would those three things be? Three small pearls of wisdom for takeaways for people to ponder, to think about, and more importantly, after listening to you, to implement in their lives. Yeah. So the first one is 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 the two exercises I gave you earlier. I'll have them as number one. So speaking to the family and your loved ones, and then blocking that time out in your calendar that's core you time and fitting work around that. I think that's a very big one. Love that. Um, the second one that I would say is I I've been meditating since the age of eleven. Meditation has been a huge part of my life, and uh, I. I don't really know where I'd be without it, to be completely honest. So um, a lot of people, you know, if you just spoken to them about med- uh, you know, meditation, even five years ago, they'd have kind of laughed at you a little bit, but I feel like everyone's kind of a bit more open to it now. So I would suggest, and I'll actually give you two names to look for, go to YouTube and search for Jason Stevenson or Michael Seely. They do incredibly wonderful guided meditations, even for beginners who've never meditated before. You know, if you don't want to do an hour long session, just do a 15 minute guided meditation, just some reflection time for you. Uh, it's it's so, so powerful. You know, and, and I and I want to validate this. My wife started meditating one hour every day about four years ago, and it has mm-hmm. totally transformed her life. We've been together for 30 years. Her growth, her inner peace mm-hmm. um, is directly related to what she's been doing on a consistent basis. So I applaud that. And, and, and nobody has actually shared that in all the three pearls of wisdom that we've done for all these episodes. You're the first one that has brought up meditation on that level. So I appreciate that because they kind of poo-poo it, but great value. So thank you for number two. All right. What's oh, the number three? Number three, this probably isn't going to come as a surprise to anybody, but get yourself on podcasts, right? If you feel like you're, if more people need to know that you exist in business, which let's be honest, is most people. They're like, listen, I'm really good at what I do. My customers love me. I get a lot of repeat business, but I'm on this roller coaster cash flow thing because you know you can't control when referrals are coming in or not. Get yourself on podcasts introduce yourself to the market, go meet the right kind of people. Um, Podcasting and new media is phenomenal. And right now, there's still a massive market for you and an opportunity to do that. It may well be that over the next few years, that opportunity starts to diminish somewhat. So do not miss the boat. This is your opportunity to go and meet, network, build relationships, win customers, build partnerships with people globally in your sector that you can all elevate and learn from each other. So get yourself out there and start podcasting would be my advice. Great, great advice. Phil, it has been a real pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much for joining us. You're just a, you know, like I said, we could go on for hours. <laughs> we could go on for hours. We will definitely have you back again. We want to thank our audience for taking the time to join us today. Well, before I go though, you need to know how you can connect with the amazing Phil Paluccia. Phil, where do people need to go if they want to connect with you? Oh, thank you so much. So, well, I'll give you a link to put in the show notes below. So if you click on the show notes whilst you're listening to this, um, you'll see a link for Billionaires in Boxes. Head over to the page. Um, there's likely to be a masterclass on there for you as well as a bit of a giveaway to all of your audience here that will give you a bit more insight into the pitch slap, developing your own, and uh, how to find those non-competitive partners as yours, as well as sharing some of ours so that you can kind of see uh, a bit of a blueprint there as to what's working. Feel free to take as many of those as you want and plug them into your own business. But yeah, come say hey, check out what we're all about. And if this has resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. 
Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you to our audience. We appreciate you and invite you to stay tuned for our next guest, an amazing man named Eric Peterson. He's the founder of an organization called Seniors for Seniors, pairing seniors in high school with senior citizens, giving mentoring, playing games, enjoying each other's company, giving both groups a wonderful opportunity to get to know each other and to lift and build each other. You will not want to miss this next episode. Thank you again to our amazing audience. We appreciate you. For now, enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the upcoming week. If you have suggestions for guests or discussion topics, please send a message via our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash kindness happiness or send an email to randy at randymcneely.com with the subject podcast suggestion. Remember, kindness is a choice. And happiness is your choice always. So choose to be kind and choose to be happy today and good things will follow. Have a wonderful rest of your day.